Hello and welcome to Research Roundup brought to you by the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4. I'm Christy Milley and each month we'll be looking at what's new in cancer in primary care research and I'll be talking to authors of recent publications and presentations. Today we're speaking with Dr Fiona Crawford-Williams from Flinders University. Fiona is a research fellow in the Cancer Survivorship Program, which is within the Cancer and Palliative Care Outcome Centre at the Queensland University of Technology. Fiona currently works in close collaboration with the Cancer Council Queensland, conducting research investigating cancer care delivery in regional and rural Queensland. Today we're speaking about her new paper, Information Needs and Preferences Among Rural Cancer Survivors in Queensland, Australia, a Qualitative Examination, and this was published in the Australian and New Zealand Journal of Public Health. Welcome, Fiona. Hi, Christy. Thanks for having me. So first question, could you give us a little bit of background about how this study came about? What do we already know about the needs of cancer survivors living in rural areas in Australia? We know that cancer survivors in rural areas are likely to have um, poorer survival um, and inferior treatment outcomes. Um, And previous research has indicated that survivors living in regional and rural areas are likely to have more unmet needs than those in uh, metropolitan areas. So Cancer Council Queensland has explored a lot of the cancer survival differences across geographic locations and they've developed the Cancer Atlas, which is an amazing online tool which looks at differences in incidence and mortality based on geography. So this project was launched by Cancer Council Queensland um, as part of a larger program of research which really aimed to explore the experiences of cancer care for people living in rural areas. So in particular, we were really interested in knowing how cancer survivors cope after active treatment once they've returned home to their um, rural area and they have less contact with the specialist team and, and there's reduced access to services in those areas. And so this research program was conducted specifically with rural cancer survivors who were staying at Cancer Council accommodation services in a major city for the duration of their treatment. And we did longitudinal quantitative surveys and interviews with them when they were having treatment and then for a few years after since they returned home. So some of these quantitative surveys that our team analysed showed that the cancer survivors were missing out on important survivorship care information. And we thought that this might be really crucial in those regional areas. So we wanted to explore that in more detail and thus we did the qualitative study that we've recently published. Um, And in terms of other past research, there's a limited amount of research which is focused on on cancer survivors rurally in Australia. A large amount of work has looked at rural information needs in cancer survivors in the United States, but obviously the context in Australia is quite different. And past work has shown that cancer patients in in rural areas have considerable information um, and support needs. So yeah, we wanted to do this study to look at what was currently happening in the Queensland context. Thank you for that. And we'll make sure, like we do with all of our episodes, we'll pop a link to Cancer Atlas in our show notes for listeners so they can see that great resource. In your study, you used semi-structured interviews. So could you just give us a, a high level summary of any topic guide or prompts or probes that you use to explore this topic? Yeah, so the interview questions try to focus on the cancer survivors' um, needs and preferences for information in the period following their cancer treatment. Um, But obviously, as the conversation flowed, a lot of it was brought back to during diagnosis and treatment as well. And um, we started broad, just asking survivors to describe the health information they were given when they finished treatment, whether they found that information helpful. And then we prompted them using the domains of the Quality Cancer Survivorship Care um, Framework, so the domains of health promotion, signs of recurrence, physical effects, psychosocial effects, and chronic disease management. 
And we also ask survivors to describe any information they'd wish to have found out earlier or information that would have been useful that they didn't know until much later. And we also asked if they'd looked for information relating to their cancer or their treatment on their own. And here we probed um, to explore the levels of um, credibility and information sources. And finally, we just asked if more information about looking after yourself after treatment was given, when do you think the right time would be? How would you like to get that? And prompting for who should deliver it, what format and what information was needed. And so synthesising the results of those interviews together, you describe two key themes and six sub-themes that you identified. Could you just take us through those results? Yeah, of course. So the first major theme was the content of the information provided and gaps in information. And there were three sub-themes here. The first included um, information received about diagnosis and treatment. So it was clear that patients were um, fairly satisfied with the information they'd received about their diagnosis and the treatment, but it was often quite um, surface level. They might have known drug names, they knew their next few appointments, but lacked a sort of comprehensive follow-up plan and detailed information. The second sub-theme related to gaps in survivorship information, and this was predominantly a lack of information about those quality survivorship care domains, so maintaining a healthy lifestyle with um, nutrition and exercise advice, signs of recurrence and social and emotional support were often rarely given. Or in some cases, information in this area was given, but it was related to the treatment, not follow-up care. So for instance, nutrition information about weight loss or weight gain during treatment, but nothing much about post-treatment nutritional care. And the third sub-theme related to um, practical support information, and that was a really rural-specific need, so information about travel assistance and accommodation options, the need for appointments to be coordinated or at a suitable time of day for someone to be able to attend. And then the second major theme related to the delivery of the information and patients' acceptance of information. So within this, um, a sub-theme was on the sources of information. Most patients or participants preferred information from the doctor or a healthcare professional. Um, and what was really important was the relationship with that healthcare professional. They wanted to be treated with respect when information was shared. And participants were more satisfied with the information from the doctors if it came during a positive um, interaction and positive relationship. Participants also highly valued peer support information in this sub-theme, um, that shared experience, especially during the post-treatment phase when there is a lack of specialist information. Um, they found they could get information from other patients who'd gone through the same thing. And also with regard to sources of information, the participants were often hesitant to use the internet to search for um, information. And so this could be due to a range of different factors, including age um, and others. But we do know that internet accessibility is an issue in um, a lot of regional areas. But also participants were hesitant to explore widely on the internet for fear of what they might learn. And also because they didn't know how to judge the reliability of information there. So they really trusted the doctors. And so the second sub-theme here was uh, personalised information needs. And this highlighted the complexity of delivering um, adequate and quality information as participants had varied information needs depending on their experience. So those who had a severe um, and ongoing side effect really felt they were not supported enough with information, while those who had more minor effects often felt information was satisfactory. And everyone had varying um, timing needs. You know, some survivors wanted all information at once, others would have preferred it to be spaced out. But overall, it was really clear that um, information at the time of diagnosis and starting treatment was overwhelming so that survivorship and follow-up care information could be left until later on to be better absorbed. 
And the final third sub-theme in this major theme related to information-seeking styles. So participants are very different in their attitudes to seeking and wanting information. Um, so as I said, some wanted um, as much information as possible. They would search for their own information. Um, and these participants generally commented on their higher levels of education or health literacy or previous experience in the health system, which made them feel comfortable with all of that knowledge. While others had really passive information-seeking styles, they only wanted limited details for fear, again, of learning something unwanted. Um, and they felt that the doctor was giving them all the information they required so they shouldn't need to look out for anything else. So then how did those results map to the role or potential role that primary care providers or general practice, such as GPs or practice nurses, might play in addressing the information needs of cancer survivors? So I think um, it came out really clearly that the gaps in holistic care, particularly around um, exercise, nutrition, emotional support, even practical travel support is something that can definitely be taken on by GPs or practice nurses in a shared care follow-up model. So one participant commented that information seemed siloed, that oncologists were providing information about medical treatment, surgeons were only focused on surgical follow-up. And I think that really reflects how the health system is, is structured, but increasing the role of primary care and communication between those primary care providers and uh, tertiary specialists would be an easy way to improve the provision of quality information in the post-treatment period. And health professionals were a very trusted source of information for our participants. And we know that GPs are generally highly regarded in rural areas when and where they are available. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's important to ensure that there's adequate training for primary care providers to assist in the provision of cancer care and survivorship care. And I think this is particularly important in rural areas where access to specialists is limited or might require travel. So those telehealth appointments that can be done with a GP and video conferencing with the oncologist could be really important as well. And in addition, I think more needs to be done to determine how community services and non-government organisations could be integrated into some of that survivorship care to address some of the gaps in information. And this might be something, again, that could be assisted by local GPs or general practices who are aware of the services in that local area. And they can give trusted information to cancer survivors about peer support programs. Um, I think that's something within their scope. And did any of your results in this rural population differ to what we know about the needs or preferences of cancer survivors living in metropolitan areas? So while we didn't do any comparison with a metropolitan sample in our study, we did find that much of the information that um, our rural cancer survivor participants required was very similar to what's been found in other areas and those living in major cities. But that need for information to assist with the practical issues caused by travelling a long distance for cancer care is something that urban um, cancer survivors don't have to face. Um, so it's possible that with an increased use of telehealth services, for, especially for routine checkups, that may alleviate some of those travel challenges. And so we did conduct these interviews pre-COVID in late 2019. So telehealth was not um, explored as much as it might be currently. But yeah, in general, the findings map onto what we know about information needs of cancer survivors rurally and in metropolitan areas, both in Australia and internationally. So we know that there is often a gap in that survivorship care information in terms of those non-medical holistic aspects. And we know that patients prefer to receive information from health professionals as well as peers. Other literature in metropolitan areas has looked that 
cancer survivors who are younger and more highly educated and female are more likely to have a higher need for information. Um, and things like disease status, health literacy and attitudes also play a role in preferences for information. So this seems to be the case regardless of, of whether the cancer survivor is living rurally or metropolitan. So it really um, plays into that need for tailored information about a range of different demographic characteristics. And additionally, the communication and interactions with healthcare professionals, while highly regarded for any cancer survivor in any area, I think might be sort of more important in the rural areas as resources and support services are more limited there. Thanks for that. And our last question is always about your take-home message. So what do you want listeners to take away from the results of your study and what are your next steps? For me, the current findings really suggest that quality information is needed after cancer treatment, that survivorship care information um, is a big gap and particularly for rural cancer survivors um, and that more holistic and, and integrated models of care need to be used. So that might mean that improvements um, are made to survivorship care provision generally, but specific considerations do need to be given to where someone lives, but as well as those other demographic factors and attitudes as we know that you know, rural location isn't just about geography. There are other demographic factors which are unique to rural populations. And I'd, I would really like listeners, if they are clinicians, to consider whether they do make an effort to find out where a patient is living and, and provide any extra information um, that might help address some of the difficulties with travelling and travel assistance. But I really do want to make a strong push for shared care models and that communication between primary care providers to become the norm um, standard of care, particularly in rural areas. So in terms of next steps, um, in collaboration with Cancer Council Queensland, we've followed this study up with another qualitative study um, where we've explored the best ways to implement different models of survivorship care or survivorship interventions um, in rural areas. So we've conducted focus groups in eight different and distinct rural towns across Queensland, and we're currently analysing the data using implementation science methods at the moment. So we hope to publish that manuscript next year. And uh, my team, which is based at Flinders University in Adelaide, is focusing on the health service implementation aspects of shared care survivorship models. So we currently have two national trials, um, one in breast cancer and one in prostate cancer, which are investigating the effectiveness of shared care models and the implementation barriers. And we hope that these will recruit patients from a range of locations and a whole range of different um, characteristics. So we'll be able to further explore the barriers and facilitators to the delivery of that survivorship care information in a diverse group of people from, from different locations. Wonderful. You're definitely not alone in um, the desire to implement shared care more widely. And that's a great program of work that the team that you're part of is undertaking at the moment. So thank you so much for joining us today, Fiona. That was great. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for downloading Research Roundup produced by PC4. You can access the articles and other information in our show notes. Please let us know what you think about this episode by emailing us at info at pc4tg.com.au or keep in touch via Twitter where you'll find us at pc4tg and there's also our website which is pc4tg.com.au.